The content in this podcast is fully AI-generated based on real news articles. Listener discretion is advised. For more detailed information and the original context, please refer to the links provided in the show notes, which direct you to the news articles this podcast is based on. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AI Tech News Podcast, where we dissect the latest in artificial intelligence and technology. I'm your host, John, and joining me are my brilliant co-hosts, Joanne and Jessica. How are you both doing today? I'm doing great, John. Excited to dive into today's topics. Likewise, John. There's always something new and thrilling in the world of AI. Absolutely. And speaking of new and thrilling... Apple's CEO Tim Cook dropped some interesting hints during their fiscal first quarter earnings call. According to CNBC, Cook teased an upcoming artificial intelligence announcement from Apple later this year. Thoughts? Oh, that's intriguing. Apple has been somewhat quiet on the AI front, especially compared to giants like Microsoft, Google, and Amazon. It sounds like they're gearing up to enter the competition with something substantial. Yes, and it's about time. Apple has the resources and the tech prowess. Cook mentioned that they've been investing a lot in AI and are excited to share details of their ongoing work. I'm curious about what they've been cooking up, no pun intended. Cook didn't spill many details, but he did emphasize Apple's commitment to AI and their excitement to reveal their efforts later this year. Generative AI has been the talk of the town since OpenAI's ChatGPT and image generators took the stage. It seems Apple wants in on the action. And don't forget, Apple has been integrating machine learning into their devices for years, like identifying people or pets in photos. But they've kept a low profile, opting for machine learning over the buzzworthy artificial intelligence. Exactly, Jessica. It's interesting to note that at last year's WWDC, they introduced an autocorrect feature for the iPhone keyboard based on transformer technology, similar to GPT. Yet, they avoided the AI label. It shows Apple's cautious approach in this arena. Tim Cook did hint at a huge opportunity for Apple with generative AI and AI in general. It'll be fascinating to see how Apple distinguishes itself in this competitive field. All right, let's keep an eye on Apple's moves in AI. Moving on, our next topic is about BARD, which now apparently generates photos, according to The Verge. Let's see what that's about. All right, diving into our next story from The Verge, Google's Bard chatbot has finally caught up with ChatGPT Plus by adding AI image generation capabilities. This is a significant update, right? Absolutely, John. Bard's been trailing behind in this feature, but with the integration of Google's Imagen 2 model for text-to-image generation, it's game on. Google's not holding back with its Gemini Pro model powering Bard now. I find it fascinating that they initially planned to use the Gemini Ultra model for this. It's still in development, but it shows Google's ambition to push the boundaries of what BARD can do. And the rivalry heats up. 
ChatGPT Plus running on GPT-4 with Dolly 3 had this edge over BARD, but now users can generate images through BARD at no extra cost. That's a notable difference given the subscription model for ChatGPT Plus. It's a big move for accessibility and democratizing AI tools. And with the recent controversy over AI-generated images, Google's emphasis on designing BARD with responsibility is timely. Right. The issue with those fake photos circulating on X highlighted the need for responsible AI usage. Google's response with watermarking and safety guardrails is a step in the right direction. They're also expanding the ecosystem with ImageFX, an experimental tool for creating images. It's part of Google Labs alongside MusicFX and TextFX. Seems like Google is all in on generative AI. Definitely, John. ImageFX allows users to experiment with generative AI in a more controlled environment, which could lead to some fascinating user feedback for Google engineers. And not to forget, Bard's expansion isn't just about image generation. The chatbot now, now supports over 40 languages in more than 230 countries. That's a significant leap from its previous capabilities. The language expansion alone is huge, making AI more accessible globally. It's exciting to see how these advancements will play out. Now, let's shift gears to our next topic from TechCrunch about Google releasing Gen AI tools for music creation. This should be interesting. Moving on. TechCrunch has just dropped some exciting news about Google stepping up its game in the Gen AI music scene. They've launched MusicFX, a tool that can create songs and lyrics. Seems like they're really pushing the boundaries of what AI can do in music. What do you make of this, Jessica? It's fascinating, John. MusicFX is an upgrade to Google's Music LM, and it's designed to generate music that's both high quality and fast. Plus, it can create ditties up to 70 seconds long. This could be a game-changer for the music industry, but also raises some ethical questions. I'm curious about how it actually sounds. They've made it available in the AI test kitchen, which is cool because it lets the public experiment with these cutting-edge tools. And from what I've heard, the music isn't half bad. Yeah, the user can prompt music effects with a description of the song they want, and it generates two versions by default. There's also an interesting feature where it suggests alternative words for descriptions, which could really help in fine-tuning the output. True, but the review also mentioned some limitations, like how strange instrument outputs sounded like cheap MIDI samples. It suggests there's still room for improvement, especially in creating more authentic-sounding tracks. And let's not overlook the new lyrics generation tool, TextFX, which was developed in collaboration with Lupe Fiasco. It's a suite of modules to aid in the lyrics writing process, providing a fascinating blend of AI and human creativity. Absolutely. But the article did raise concerns about AI-generated music potentially infringing on copyrights, especially with the rise of deepfake tracks. Google's trying to navigate these waters carefully, but it's a tricky path to tread. Exactly, John. And with Google using SynthID to watermark tracks from music effects, they're at least attempting to address some of these concerns. It'll be interesting to see how this technology evolves and how the legal issues get resolved. Definitely. The potential for creativity is immense, but so are the ethical and copyright challenges. Google's investment in this space shows they're serious, 
but they'll need to keep innovating while also considering the broader implications. It's a complex issue, but one thing's for sure. The fusion of AI and music is creating some unique opportunities. Now, speaking of AI's impact, the FCC is stepping into the ring with proposals to make AI-generated robocalls illegal, especially concerning election interference. Let's delve into that next, coming from Fox Business. Here's a hot topic from Fox Business that's causing quite the stir. The Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, is taking a stand against AI-generated robocalls. They're cracking down on those using artificial voices, like one that mimicked President Biden before the New Hampshire primary. Fascinating, isn't it? It is, John. The FCC's move to classify these AI-generated voices as artificial under the Telephone Consumer Protection Act means using voice cloning tech in calls to consumers could soon be illegal. That's a significant step towards combating misinformation. And it's not just about stopping scams, it's about safeguarding democracy. Imagine getting a call from what sounds like a trusted politician or celebrity telling you to do something that could influence your vote. The potential for abuse is huge. Exactly, Joanne. FCC Chairwoman Jessica Rosenworcel mentioned the need for this action to protect consumers from being targets of these faked calls. It's reassuring to see a proactive approach to this emerging technology. What's interesting is the collaborative effort. The FCC has a memorandum of understanding with 48 states to work together on this issue. Plus, the attorneys general of 26 states are already on board with the proposal. It's a united front. The case in New Hampshire is just one example of how these technologies can be used to mislead voters. The robocall there used a fake Biden voice to discourage voters from participating in the primary. It's alarming how convincing these AI-generated voices can be. True, and the FCC noted that this kind of fraud has been on the rise, with technology now capable of imitating voices so well, it can spread misinformation by impersonating celebrities, political candidates, and even family members. It's a double-edged sword. AI offers incredible opportunities for innovation and convenience, but it also poses new challenges in misinformation and fraud. Establishing regulations like this is crucial for keeping the balance. Definitely. And while we've seen laws targeting attempts to limit voting rights, the specific use of deceptive AI hasn't been fully addressed yet. This proposal by the FCC could pave the way for more comprehensive regulation. It's a pivotal moment for technology and regulation. As AI continues to evolve, so must our legal frameworks to protect citizens. Speaking of evolution, the next topic we have is from CNBC. They're saying it's currently too expensive to replace human workers with AI. That's a whole other can of worms. Let's dive into that next. Now onto a topic that's been a hot-button issue for a while. CNBC reports on a study from MIT C-Sale, MIT Sloan, the Productivity Institute, and IBM's Institute for Business Value. It seems the robot apocalypse might be on hold because, well, it's too expensive to replace human workers with AI. Thoughts on this? This is quite a revelation. 
The study suggests that for many tasks, especially those requiring computer vision, it's economically more viable to keep human workers on the job than to automate those roles with AI. It's an interesting counter-narrative to the usual robots are taking our job story. I find the bakery example they used quite illustrative. A bakery could theoretically save $14,000 in labor costs by using AI to monitor ingredients. But the cost of developing and training the AI model would surpass these savings. It really puts things into perspective. Right. It seems like the transition to AI might be more of a gradual integration rather than a swift overhaul. Neil Thompson from MIT hinted that even though AI could disrupt certain jobs in the short run, the high development costs might slow down its widespread adoption. And let's not forget what Sam Altman of OpenAI said during his chat with Bill Gates. We're at the very beginning stages of AI's development. Altman even called the current models the stupidest the models will ever be. It suggests a future where AI improves significantly, but does so alongside human work. Absolutely, Jessica. And Altman's optimism about never running out of problems for humans to solve is quite reassuring. It indicates that AI's growth could indeed create new opportunities and ways for humans to find fulfillment and solve problems together. It's a fascinating balance, isn't it? On one hand, we have the potential for AI to change the job market dramatically. On the other, there's this notion that AI will augment rather than replace human roles, fostering a new era of collaborative problem solving. Exactly, John. And considering the economic and practical limitations of AI, companies might think twice before replacing human employees. This could lead to a more thoughtful approach to integrating AI into the workplace. It also opens up a dialogue about the ethical and economic implications of AI. As development costs decrease, it will be interesting to see how companies balance cost-saving measures with the value of human labor and creativity. A dialogue indeed, one that's just beginning. As AI technology advances, these discussions will become increasingly important. Next up, we've got something from MIT Technology Review. It's about a robot that can tidy a room without any help. Let's see how that fits into our conversation on AI and the future of work. All right, let's shift gears to something a bit more hands-on, or should I say, pincers-on. According to the MIT Technology Review, researchers from New York University and Meta have developed a robot that can tidy a room without any help. It's called Stretch, and it's a commercially available robot made by Hello Robot. Imagine a wheeled unit with a tall pole and a retractable arm. Sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie, doesn't it? It does, John. And here's how it works. A researcher scans the room with an iPhone app called Record3D, which uses the phone's LiDAR system to create a 3D video. This video is then shared with Stretch, the robot. That's right, Joanne. Using an open-source AI object detection model, Stretch can identify objects in the room, like a toy dragon, a tube of toothpaste, or a pack of playing cards, and even recognize different locations in the room, such as a chair, a table, or a trash can. Once Stretch knows what and where everything is, the team can instruct it to pick up a specific item and move it to a new location. Now get this. The robot's pincer arm successfully completed these tasks 58.5% of the time. But in less cluttered rooms, the success rate shot up to 82%. 
impressive. And it's fascinating to see how the recent AI boom has boosted language and computer vision capabilities, giving researchers access to tools and models that were unimaginable just a few years ago. Absolutely, Joanne. Matthias Minderer from Google DeepMind, who wasn't involved in the project, noted how unusual it is to rely solely on off-the-shelf models. Yet, the team managed to make them work quite impressively. It's a testament to how far AI and robotics have come, making once theoretical applications a reality. Now imagine having a stretch in your own home, tidying up without any help. The future is here, folks. Indeed, John. And while the research hasn't been peer-reviewed yet, the potential applications for such technology are vast. From helping in homes to possibly assisting in offices or warehouses, the sky's the limit. And with AI continuing to evolve, who knows what other tasks robots like Stretch will be able to tackle in the near future. It's an exciting time to be in the field of AI and robotics. Exciting indeed. Now turning our attention to the next piece of news, the Allen Institute for AI has released a truly open source LLM, which they say could drive a critical shift in AI development, according to VentureBeat. Let's unpack that next. Now, this is a game-changer in the AI world. VentureBeat reports that the Allen Institute for AI, also known as AI2, has released a new large language model called OLMO. This model is touted as truly open source, offering an alternative to the more restrictive and closed models we've seen so far. It's quite a shift, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, John. OLMO is not just another LLM. It's a state-of-the-art model that comes with the training code, training data, associated toolkits, and evaluation toolkits, and everything is under the Apache 2.0 license. This level of openness is unprecedented in the field. It's a significant development, especially considering the current landscape where open-source AI has been trying to catch up with proprietary models like GPT-4 and Claude. AI2's move could democratize AI development, opening up new avenues for research and application. And with all this talk of open-source AI being uniquely dangerous, it's refreshing to see a framework like OMO that aims to provide complete transparency in AI development. Hannah Hajishirzi of AI2 and UW compared the lack of access to training data in other models to drug discovery without clinical trials. It's a powerful analogy. That analogy really puts it into perspective. With OMO, researchers can now dive deep into the science of LLMs, understanding how a model works from the ground up. It's a critical step towards creating safer and more trustworthy AI. Nathan Lambert from AI2 also highlighted that OMO enables new approaches to ML research and deployment, offering complete information and tools at every development stage. It's a breakthrough for scientists who previously faced barriers due to incomplete information. And the response from the open-source AI community has been overwhelmingly positive. Jonathan Frankel from Mosaic ML and Databricks hailed it as a giant leap for open science, while Hugging Face CTO called it pushing the envelope of open-source AI. Even Meta's chief scientist, Jan LeCun, emphasized the importance of open foundation models for innovation. It's clear that OMO isn't just another tool. It's a catalyst for a critical shift in AI development. The open source community is buzzing, and rightly so. 
This could speed up innovation and make AI more accessible to researchers and developers worldwide. And let's not overlook the correction VentureBeat made. While OLMO is groundbreaking, it's not the first truly open source model, but its comprehensive openness, including training data and logs, sets a new benchmark. It's an exciting time for AI. Exciting indeed. With tools like OLMO, the future of AI looks bright and boundless. Next, we'll switch gears and talk about something from Digital Trends. They've taken a critical look at a Galaxy S24 feature, calling it everything that's bad about AI. Let's dive into that next. Now, let's talk about something that's been making waves, or should I say, not making the best impression. Digital Trends recently highlighted a feature in the Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra that's been described as everything that's bad about AI. It's called Chat Assist, and from what we've heard, it's a feature that attempts to adapt your messages for different scenarios, like chatting with your boss, but fails miserably at sounding human. Ah, yes, the infamous Chat Assist. The idea behind it sounds innovative, right? Using AI to polish up your hastily typed messages. Except the execution seems to have fallen flat. The AI behind it has been called a charisma void, making messages sound anything but human. Exactly. And what's more interesting is Samsung's bold move to showcase this feature during their Unpacked 2024 event, especially when you compare it to Google's Magic Compose feature, which apparently does a better job but is only available on the Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro. Samsung's Chat Assist, on the other hand, is available across the board, but with questionable utility. It's fascinating, really. The feature offers to change the tone of your messages to casual, polite, and professional, but ends up producing content that could make you sound like a scammer, a bot, or an alien trying its best human impression. Not exactly the assistant you'd want for crafting messages. And let's not forget the examples given. A message intended for a friend about your weekend and asking to grab coffee later somehow transforms into a formal email-like message when switched to professional style. It's reminiscent of that Friends episode where Joey uses a thesaurus on every word of his letter. Oh, and when attempting a casual tone, chat assist doesn't fare much better. It either tries too hard, making you sound like you're trying to be one of the kids, or it goes the other direction, making you sound mildly passive-aggressive. It's a lose-lose situation. The crux of the issue seems to be that the AI doesn't really understand the nuances of human interaction. It lacks personality and fails to grasp the context it's writing for. It's a clear example of where AI can stumble when it tries to mimic human intricacies without truly understanding them. Right, John. And while it might be amusing to play around with chat assist for a bit of ironic humor, it's hardly a feature you'd rely on for genuine communication. Samsung might need to take this one back to the drawing board if they intend for it to be taken seriously. Absolutely. It's a stark reminder that not all AI implementations enhance user experience. Sometimes they can detract from it, turning what could be a useful tool into a gimmick. It's everything that's bad about AI, indeed. Well, that's AI for you, full of potential but sometimes missing the mark. Speaking of AI making waves, our next topic is about Google Maps getting a supercharged update with generative AI, as reported by The Verge. 
Let's see what that's all about. Folks, you've heard of AI changing the way we do pretty much everything, right? Well, The Verge just shared that Google Maps is about to get a massive upgrade with generative AI, promising to make finding cool places a breeze. Imagine asking Google Maps for restaurant or shopping recommendations and getting personalized suggestions based on insights from over 300 million contributors. How cool is that? Super cool, John. It's like having a local guide in your pocket except this guide has access to details about more than 250 million places. Google's leveraging its large language models to sift through this vast amount of data, providing users with suggestions that are both quick and reliable. And what's even more interesting is that this feature is first rolling out in the U.S., with plans to expand internationally later on. It's a smart move by Google to test and refine the AI in a controlled environment before going global. Absolutely. It's not just about getting from point A to B anymore. Google Maps is evolving into a tool for discovery, making it easier for users to uncover new experiences. Say you're in San Francisco looking for vintage shops. Google Maps will use its AI to give you a curated list of places with that vintage vibe. And let's not overlook the role of the local guides community in this. Google is starting with them ensuring that the AI suggestions are well vetted by real users who contribute significantly to Maps database. It's a great way to ensure quality and relevance. Exactly, Jessica. The local guides have been a cornerstone of Google Maps, enriching it with reviews, photos, and more. By involving them from the start, Google is emphasizing the importance of human oversight in AI's application. This initiative could redefine how we use Maps transforming Google Maps from a simple navigation tool into a comprehensive discovery platform. It's a testament to the power of generative AI in enhancing user experiences. Indeed, John. It's fascinating to see how AI can be employed thoughtfully to improve our daily lives. Generative AI in Google Maps could set a new standard for how we explore and interact with our surroundings. With this development, the potential for generative AI to impact other areas of our lives becomes even more apparent. It's an exciting time to witness the evolution of technology and its applications. Certainly is, Joanne. Now, speaking of AI making shopping easier, our next story comes from Fox Business. They're reporting on Amazon's launch of an AI-powered shopping assistant named Rufus. Let's delve into that next and see what Rufus has to offer. All right, team, let's dive into some fresh off the press from Fox Business. Amazon just launched Rufus, a new AI-powered shopping assistant. CEO Andy Jassy announced this during the company's earnings call, describing Rufus as a significant leap forward in enhancing the customer shopping experience through AI. Imagine asking Rufus to find the best golf ball for spin control or the top rain jackets for cold weather and getting personalized recommendations. Sounds like a game-changer, doesn't it? Definitely a game-changer, John. Rufus is designed to hold conversations with customers, retaining context throughout. This means you can jump from asking about product features to unrelated questions, 
and Rufus will keep up, providing quick and relevant answers. And it's not just about answering questions. Rufus can guide customers through Amazon's vast product pages, making discovery a breeze. It's currently in beta for a small group of U.S. users, but Amazon plans to roll it out to all U.S. customers in the coming weeks. What's fascinating is how users can interact with Rufus. They can type or speak their questions directly into the Amazon Shopping app search bar. A chat dialogue with Rufus then pops up, offering answers and allowing for follow-up questions right there in the dialogue box. And when you're done, a simple swipe down sends Rufus back to the bottom of the screen, letting you return to your regular search results. It's a seamless integration that doesn't disrupt the usual shopping experience. Andy Jassy also hinted at future personalization and expansion of Rufus, aiming to revolutionize how customers discover products on Amazon. It's about making item discovery on e-commerce platforms a whole new experience. Rufus was trained on Amazon's extensive product catalog, customer reviews, Q&As, and web information. This comprehensive training allows Rufus to handle a wide range of shopping inquiries, from broad research questions to specific product comparisons. It's like having a shopping expert at your fingertips, someone who can navigate Amazon's enormous selection to find exactly what you need based on the context of your conversation. This could significantly enhance how we shop online. Absolutely, Jessica. From helping users start their shopping journey with broad research to providing specific comparisons and recommendations, Rufus is all about improving customer satisfaction and making the shopping experience as intuitive and helpful as possible. It's clear Amazon is pushing the boundaries of how AI can be used to enrich the shopping experience. Speaking of AI, our next piece is from the Washington Post, discussing an AI trained on a baby's experiences and what it reveals about language learning. Let's see what insights we can glean from that. This next piece from the Washington Post is absolutely fascinating. Researchers have been using AI to get a better understanding of how babies learn language. They had a baby named Sam wear a head cam to capture his daily experiences, and then they fed this data into an AI program. It's like peeking into the very process of learning language from the ground up. That's incredible, John. The AI was able to start recognizing and matching words to images like identifying a crib or stairs from just a tiny slice of Sam's experiences. It's not learning like a child does, but it's making significant strides in understanding basic language elements from sensory input. What's really interesting is the broader goal here. The researchers aren't just trying to decode language learning. They're aiming to build an AI that can mimic a baby's mind. This could revolutionize how we understand our own development and potentially lead to AI that we can teach in a more intuitive way. Exactly, Joanne. And while chatbots can mimic conversation by digesting vast amounts of text, this approach shows babies learn words through being in the world, interacting with it directly. The researchers pointed out that it would take a child 100,000 years of listening to spoken words to match the word count of chatbot training sets. That's a stark contrast, John. The AI developed through Sam's headcam footage, even though simpler, began to understand language through direct sensory experience, much like a baby does. 
This method bypasses the need for pre-existing knowledge of grammar or social abilities. And the data they worked with is just fascinating. Sam's recordings provided 600,000 video frames paired with 37,500 transcribed words. Even with this small fraction of a child's experiences, the AI began to pick up language cues. It's a testament to the potential of AI in understanding human cognition. The researchers even said that this study dips into the debate about the innate cognitive skills required for language learning. It suggests that some learning can occur without specialized cognitive machinery through simple associative learning. And while the AI's abilities are still not on par with a two-year-old's, it's a significant step forward. It's fascinating how it could correctly focus on objects like a car or ball when prompted but missed the mark with others, like a cat. It shows both the potential and the current limitations of AI in replicating human learning processes. The end goal here is to find the minimal ingredients needed for an AI to learn more like a child does. This study is a step in that direction, providing insights into the rudiments of language learning through AI. It's a groundbreaking approach to understanding language acquisition. Up next, we have a story from Wired about testing a next-gen AI assistant that's apparently quite impressive. Let's see what makes it so special. All right, team, let's dive into something that's been causing quite a buzz. Wired recently got their hands on an experimental AI voice helper named VimGPT, and it's nothing short of impressive. Unlike our well-known friends Siri, Alexa, and Google Assistant, VimGPT is tapping into the generative AI boom, making it a formidable contender in the virtual assistant space. That sounds intriguing, John. Generative AI has been making waves, and it's fascinating to see it applied in this way. VimGPT, developed by a solo developer Ishan Shah, managed to navigate to Wired's subscription page and interact with it, which is a complex task for AI. Indeed, Jessica. This goes beyond the basic capabilities of setting reminders or fetching sports results. It demonstrates an understanding of the web and the ability to perform tasks like a human, such as searching for information or even attempting online purchases. And the best part? VimGPT is built on GPT-4V, which allows it to interact with web pages more reliably by understanding what to click or type. Ishan Shah believes that in a year, our interaction with computers will shift significantly towards chatting with agents rather than clicking through apps. That's a bold prediction, and it points to a future where AI agents could become an integral part of browsing the web. Imagine less clicking and more conversing with an AI that understands your needs and navigates the web to fulfill them. It's also worth mentioning that Apple, Google, and other tech giants are likely working on similar advancements. This could mean a massive upgrade for existing virtual assistants, transforming them into more capable AI-powered helpers. Absolutely, Joanne. And with researchers like Ruslan Salahuddinov, who's been developing environments to test these AI helpers, we're looking at a future where our virtual assistants can do much more than just answer questions. They could solve problems for us. This shift towards AI agents that can perform tasks autonomously opens up exciting possibilities. It could redefine how we interact with technology, 
making our digital experiences more intuitive and efficient. Right. And it's not just about convenience. It's about creating a seamless digital world where AI understands and anticipates our needs, bridging the gap between human intention and digital execution. Well said, Joanne. As we continue to explore the frontiers of AI, it's clear that the line between human and machine interaction is becoming increasingly blurred. Speaking of AI advancements, our next story involves Mark Zuckerberg and Meta's ambitious plans to dominate in AI, a venture that could cost them more than $30 billion a year, according to Yahoo Finance. Let's see what that's all about. All right, team, let's dive into something juicy from Yahoo Finance. Mark Zuckerberg has unveiled Meta's grand strategy to dominate the AI scene, taking on giants like Alphabet and Microsoft. Meta plans to leverage its vast reservoir of data, which includes hundreds of billions of public images and videos, as its ace in the high-stakes AI arms race. That's a massive data advantage, John. Zuckerberg's not holding back, aiming for what he calls general intelligence. AI that can outperform humans in most tasks. The ambition here is to equip everyone using Meta's platforms with a world-class AI assistant. But the price tag on this ambition is astronomical. Meta's looking at capital expenditures potentially hitting between $30 billion to $37 billion this year alone. That's up from $28.1 billion last year. They're signaling that hefty investments in AI will be their new normal. To sweeten the deal for investors amidst these massive outlays, Meta's rolling out its first-ever cash dividend, and it seems to have paid off, with Meta's stock jumping 14.5% in after-hours trading. Zuckerberg's vision for Meta isn't just confined to a lab experiment. He's talking about weaving this advanced AI into the fabric of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, transforming how we interact with these platforms. Yet, he's somewhat tight-lipped on how Meta plans to use user activity data for AI training without stepping on privacy landmines. That's a big question mark, especially given the sensitivity around user data. Absolutely. And while Zuckerberg boasts about Meta's data edge over Google's web-crawled datasets, it's worth remembering Google isn't exactly short on data themselves, with assets like YouTube and Google Office. True, John. But Zuckerberg also highlighted Meta's open-source Llama model as a key differentiator, suggesting that Meta's open approach could accelerate its AI development beyond Google's closed-source strategy. It's a bold strategy for sure. Yet, amid all this, Zuckerberg faced a grilling at a U.S. Senate hearing, apologizing to families affected by social media's darker sides, a stark reminder of the platform's impacts beyond its technological advances. It's a pivotal moment for Meta, and the tech industry at large. As we watch Meta's AI investments unfold, let's shift our focus to another thought-provoking piece. The Atlantic is discussing a modern-day Luddite movement, resisting the rapid tech advancements we're talking about. Let's see what that's all about next. As we wrap up today's episode, let's delve into our final topic from The Atlantic, shedding light on the resurgence of the Luddite movement. 
The term Luddite historically referred to 19th century English workers who destroyed machinery they believed threatened their jobs. Today, it's being re-embraced by those critical of unchecked technological advancement, especially in the realm of AI. That's fascinating, John. It's like history is repeating itself, but with a modern twist. The new Luddites aren't against technology per se. They're advocating for a more thoughtful and equitable application of it. They argue that technology should serve humanity, not the other way around. Exactly, Jessica. And it's not just about opposing AI. This movement touches on broader concerns about tech's impact on society, like job displacement, privacy erosion, and the digital divide. They're calling for a collaborative approach to tech development, where the benefits are shared more widely. Indeed, and it's important to highlight that the new Luddites are not a fringe group. They include workers, academics, and even tech insiders who are pushing back against the narrative that technological progress is always positive. They're advocating for a future where tech serves the common good. And their message is gaining traction. From Hollywood strikes over AI-generated content to grassroots campaigns against autonomous vehicles, we're seeing a growing consensus that the public should have a say in how technology evolves and impacts our lives. It's a powerful reminder that technological advancement isn't destiny, it's a choice. And by engaging in these discussions, we can all play a part in shaping a future that reflects our values and priorities. Absolutely. As we close today's episode, I want to thank our co-hosts, Jessica and Joanne, for their insights. And of course, a big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. The conversation about AI and technology's role in our society is far from over, and we'll continue to explore these topics in future episodes. Until next time, keep questioning, keep learning, and stay curious. Thank you.